Mindfulness mode. Take a moment, take some time, and actually look behind the behavior. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show, and I hope this is working out okay with you, with me publishing at 3 a.m. Eastern in the morning, so a little bit later than usual. I used to publish 8 o'clock p.m. the night before, and now just a little bit later, so I hope that's all working out for you, and if it isn't, send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com, and let me know uh, what's happening with you in that area now i've just returned from a two-day event in toronto it's the archangel changemaker event and as you might know if you've been listening for a while i usually go to the archangel summits the archangel events in toronto with geo and uh, there's a whole list of speakers of course at this year's event and some of them are people that i've interviewed before on the show and one of them is Steve Sims, episode 360. So I got to uh, meet him in person and talk to him and uh, tell him a couple of stories, get a selfie with him. Also, Gio Marsico is the one who originated the Archangel Summit, and it's just always good to see what he's got going on. Oh, it was really excellent. I enjoyed this event so much. And of course, you know my new sponsor is athletic greens and i was going over to get a water at the event and there was a pouch of ag1 the athletic greens product that i've been talking about on the show someone was obviously a user of ag1 and i thought wow that's great i don't know who it is but someone believes in this here at this event and i'm sure there were many people who are Uh, fans of AG1 including myself so if you haven't had a chance to check out AG1 you can uh, go to the website athleticgreens.com slash mindfulness and you'll see that there's a special offer right there at the top of the website so without further ado let's get on with the show and here I am introducing my guest for today hey mindful tribe I am very excited today to interview someone who is all about helping to make young women's lives amazing. And uh, in her bio, it says, uh, have you ever had any trouble with power struggles with your daughter? Well, that's kind of what she helps people with. And I think that's really interesting. The thing is, I don't have a daughter, so I don't know about power struggles with my daughter. I do have a son and he's about to turn 21 and uh, we have a few struggles once in a while. Usually it's smooth sailing, I will say that. But I'm really excited because I'm here with Nellie Harden, a family, life and leadership coach. So Nellie, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am definitely in mindfulness mode. It is a rainy day here, which always helps with that. And uh, I'm ready for this conversation. I'm excited to be here. And now you've got me curious because I'm not sure where you're located. (laughs) Tell us where you are. I am on the East Coast of the United States. I am in a very, very small um, old fishing village called uh, Southport. So I love it here. Nice, nice. Well, I'm in Canada. It's a beautiful day here. It's not raining. It's just gorgeous outside. Mm. So it's really nice, though, to be with you. I am inside, and we're just able to talk about how you can change the lives of young women just by, well, we'll find out what we're going to do. (laughs) And I hope it has something to do with mindfulness, and I suspect it does. But first of all, let's talk about what does mindfulness mean to you? You know, uh, mindfulness to me really means 
awareness, awareness of what I'm, uh, what I'm feeling, or I'm sorry, what I'm thinking first, what I'm feeling, what decisions I'm making, uh, what behavior that I'm having, and then the results and how that all then plays back into the thoughts, feelings, decisions, behavior. And not only for myself, but really, really observing people. My background is in biology and psychology, and I love to know how things work, but then also I love to know how those things that are working then come to fruition in the world. And so I love to observe. I love to sit back and just watch people and watch what's happening. And um, animals too, the beginning of my career was actually in the animal field. And then uh, about uh, 12 years ago, I I switched over to the wild domain of humans. Um, (laughs) Much more intricate and complicated. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I love to sit back and observe and go through those two, you know, are they really aware of what they're doing? Um, are, are, how are those behaviors? Are those behaviors actually what they want to be doing right now? Or are they a result of something else that's happening inside of them that they aren't necessarily aware of? So, so speaking of complicated, what mm. got you involved in, in just zooming in on the lives of teen girls? Um, well, from the outside, I think it would be easy to say that, uh, I have four (laughs) of them myself. And so, uh, I am naturally equipped, uh, to deal with that. Um, I, I have four daughters, my husband and I do who are between the ages of 12 and 17. So we are in it. Um, but before they got to this point, I was working with family dynamics and how to bring in positive disciplines, how to change dynamics, how to change mindsets and those type of things. Because, um, the whole reason I went from the animal realm into the human was in our family, um, in 2008, my husband actually went into, uh, ICU. He was in cardiac failure and he, it was a really long two and a half years and we had to um, make a lot of changes within our home because it was not just him it turned out to be a congenital uh, condition and hereditary so we had to not only were we dealing with everything with him we then had to also turn our heads and look at our four children and say okay what what can we do right now in order for these decisions to help them 30 years down the road, 40 years down the road and create these disciplines. So it really was a a family overhaul in a lot of different ways for all six of us to go through. And so using my past experiences, I was able to bring that into uh, the human setting a little bit more and then raising these young women and seeing what's happening with young women that are leaving the house today, just not equipped with worth, not equipped with esteem and, and, um, uh, compassion and confidence and all of those things before they go out into the world and the resulting strings of events that happen because of that, it really made me just hone in on this particular, um, subset of our beautiful human world and, um, and really help families help parents come alongside the kids and work with the entire family together. Right. Well, I know that you have uh, contributed to a book that's coming out in September, and I'm really curious what the topic is. I mean, I'm pretty sure what the topic probably (laughs) is that you've written about, but tell us more about what you've written in this book and about this book that's coming out. 
Yeah, absolutely. This is a collaborative effort by a, um, a small subset of parenting experts. And we came together to create this book. It's called No Problem Parenting. And I'm really excited for this to come out. My particular contribution and chapter was all about the five needs that your teen has right now and why they have them and how you can serve them in there. So there are really five needs that all humans have. It's just that like everything else, I mean, if you're listening to this and you have been a teenager or you are listening to this and you have a teenager, um, you know that what is happening during that time is amplified. Uh, all the feelings are amplified. All of the behaviors are amplified because you're trying to gain this attention and all of these things. You're trying to find your way. And so these five needs, which are to be seen, you want to be heard, you want to be loved, you want to have a purpose. And all of those coming in there, you want, I'm sorry, I only said for tonight. Yes. So seen, heard, loved, belong, and purpose. And so you want to belong somewhere too. And so if those are being fulfilled at the ground level, i.e. the family life, then they can in a healthy way, go out and start to seek those things in the world and, and not chase worth because their worth is being established, but find and grow their worth in, in a healthy way and what is out in the world out there. They'll know what a good friendship looks like instead of just chasing someone that is giving them a little bit of attention. They'll know what a good you know romantic relationship even looks like and what love feels like because they will have been loved, right? And so we're, we all hope that they have a wonderful romantic relationship sometime in their life. But in order to know that and know what love is, they have to first be loved in the family. And so I really dive deep into all of these uh, five um, needs and why and how they can be met. Wow, that's really interesting. And you do it mostly with teenage girls, right? When you when you work with people. But do you sometimes work with, with people who have teenage boys or is it always girls? No, definitely. Uh, I also work with some that have um, teen boys. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, a lot of these families, of course, have girls and boys. And sure. so I, I help that. I always say about 80% probably of what I cover can be used across the board. But mm. there is brain differences, you know, between men and women, and especially again, amplified during these teen years, their brains are under construction during this time. You know, we have the in utero, we have the toddler years, and then we have the teen years, and then the brain finally starts settling down around age 24, 25. But when they are in these teen years, they are really uh, coming in and trying to figure out how to do everything while under construction. And a young woman's brain, a lot of their thoughts and feelings and emotions come from the memory field where in a young man's it isn't. And so that's why when your daughter comes home and she's telling you a story about something that happened in first period or, or lunch or whatever, she can start literally reliving and feeling all that again, whereas young men don't always um, or don't always uh, um, do that, right? Uh, sometimes they do. I don't like to use the always and nevers definitives, right? But they aren't always going to do that, whereas girls more often will. And so um, that's why I kind of focus in on this area. But yes, to your point, I do work with both. 
Right. Well, that's interesting because our son probably wouldn't even tell us the story. Mm. <laughs> you know, not anything against him. It's yeah. just that, you know, he just didn't, didn't really talk a lot about what went on at school or whatever. And we'd always be like peppering him with questions and trying not to be too much of a past, you know, but we'd ask him questions about what went on. And sometimes we'd find things out and sometimes we'd find them out later from <laughs> someone else's parent or something. Right. <laughs> You know, but that's really interesting. So tell me what it looks like if if someone listening today has a, a teenager, say a teenage daughter, that they're really struggling with and there's some communication issues, there's some real mm. problems. What would it look like if they reached out to you for help? Absolutely. Well, first, you know, the way I really establish everything is... Um, is through the hierarchy of parenting needs, right? And how we meet those needs of our kids. So it really does go, um, you know, there's there's the the safety, there's the physiological, all those things. But then after the great transition, which is the switch between the first half and the second half of childhood. So we're talking, you know, uh, seven, eight versus nine, 10. Those are they're very different years. And they're also, at least over here in the States or wherever, whatever country you're listening to, you're going into middle grades, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start to have a lot more experiences outside of the home. So that's why I focus in really on the second half of childhood. So nine to 18, really, because those, those are the years that we are establishing worth then we are establishing esteem, which is value and appreciation of yourself. And you can't value and appreciate yourself if you don't have that underlying worth, that self-worth right there, right? And then on top of that is self-confidence, which is I believe in myself. And again, you can't believe in yourself if you don't have value and appreciation, if you don't have that worth. And so I really walk through these steps with, um, with everybody and have these different layers. And within that top layer is all about casting vision, right? We talk about values. We talk about um, the differences, right? We are not raising miniature versions of ourselves. We are raising other humans. I call mm -hmm. parents uh, family architects because we are literally building the beginning of someone else's life right now. And that's a big job. In fact, the project that we have is the 6570 project. And that is our biggest job as a family architect. Um, so we are building the beginning of someone else's life. And then I walk them through those things, uh, casting vision, how to discipline in a way that teaches them how to discipline themselves. Um, because the whole goal, we want them to leave home as a self-disciplined leader. We, we don't need them to go off and, you know, so many people think of success as, Oh, you know, uh, CEO of a company or, you know, making big money or doing this. And that's, that's not necessarily success. It could be defined by some people that way, but success in my eyes is somebody that can go off into the world and they can find their way and they can contribute and they feel worthy of voicing their unique, beautiful opinions in a nice, respectable, responsible way. And they can change the world in only the way that they can, uh, whether that's at home, in an office, in a volunteer organization, wherever that is, that would be what you know success can be for that person. But in order to do that, you have to have these underlying layers and in order to do that, we need to bring the family on board to do that. So yeah, I walk with people through where exactly you are, where you want to go by the end of the 6570, and how we're going to get there. 
Well, Nellie, let's go back to the 6570 <laughs> Project. When yes. I first saw it, saw that that was the name of your podcast, I thought, well, this is really interesting, but what the heck? What does this mean, 6570? <laughs> and then when I found out, I, I laughed and I thought it was really cool and really interesting. But why don't I let you explain it to our listeners? Absolutely. So 6570 is how many days are in 18 years. And I find it really fascinating. I, you know, I've heard before um, 18 summers, you know, which I, I've, uh, I really appreciated and looked into uh, before I read the book, highly recommend it's wonderful. But um, for me, it was not just it's kind of like going through the week to live for the weekend. You know, I'm not going to go through these years to just live for the, the summers type thing. Every day needs to be served with intention. And so that is why the 6570 project and well, I mean, let's be real. You weren't going to kick them out on their, you know, on this day 6570. It's around there. But in general, that's about how many days that we have. And you're always going to be a parent. Mm -hmm. But how you parent is going to be different after they are a quote unquote adult. You become more of a lighthouse that they can come back to and consult and ask questions and be guarded from a storm if they need it during then, but then they're going to go, going to go out again. Never again are you going to have these days of waking up. They're right in your physical, emotional, spiritual realm right there where you can make the impacts that you do during that time, during the parenthood-childhood dynamic of the 6570 versus after they leave. So that's why this time is so important and when you think about it as an adult, everything that you do or you think or you act on so many times, I would, I would put it over 99% of the time because there's always exceptions, but those are going to be knee-jerk reactions from your 6570, right? And so True. we want to set them up for success within that time and success, like I defined earlier set them up for success so that for the rest of their lives, after they leave home, they are equipped to go out with their greatness and share it with the world. And they can't do that if they're, if they're stunted in some way there. So we want to clear up that worth, esteem and confidence when they are at home. Right. And Mindful Tribe, the website is NellieHarden.com, N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N, NellieHarden.com. So check it out and also check out the 6570 project. It's called the 6570 Family Project and that's the, that's the podcast. I want to ask you a question about bullying, mm. Nellie. I always talk about this on the show. Do you have a, a story that you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference? Yeah, so, you know, I feel like if you ask any person out there, they could say that they've been bullied sometime in their life. And of course, every story is going to be different. And I, I've definitely been on the side of bullying. I was never in the, you know, quote unquote, popular crowd. I went to middle school with perm bang and, and straight hair. You know, I don't know why yeah. I have that, all the things. Um, and there was one time that um, I can say, I believe I was in seventh grade, 
hard time for everybody, right? I've never yes. heard anyone say, I really loved seventh grade, right? <laughs> and so uh, there was a boy, I really, really liked him. And he was part of the popular crowd. And so I, um, I word got around, you know, that I, I liked him. And he so he wrote me a note. And he said, meet me by your locker at such and such a time. And I really, I really want to talk to you and had a heart on it. And I was like, Oh, right and um so i you know primped my permed bangs and went all there and stood at the locker and at that point there was a crowd i mean this was like an after school special uh you know type story afterwards but anyway there was a crowd and he came up and he just said did you really think that i would like you of course i don't and walked away and then everyone was just laughing right yeah, yeah. and of course i was crushed i was of so course. embarrassed and then i had to go to school with these people for the next seven years <laughs> yeah graduated right and that was always such a gleaming story in my head i've told all of my all of my daughters uh that story they love to hear all of my embarrassing stories but also to know you know what i had to keep going to class I had to, you know, keep going to school. I had to keep saying hello to these people and not be rude and all of that. And, you know, funny enough, this guy is, we're Facebook friends today. I don't, you know, I, you only, you only behave out of what you know. So I don't know what his life was like back then either, but growing out of that and then looking back and saying, oh, I was putting all of my worth into this moment into this yeah. person, into what everybody else thought. And then in one second, my worth was dashed. Now, was my actual worth yeah. dashed during that time? No, absolutely not. But my, in my mind, it absolutely was. And so if we can establish, okay, what does actual worth look like, right? How am I seen? How am I heard? How, how, where do I belong, right? Where do I belong? Is there a place I actually belong? Do I have a purpose, right? All of these things, am I loved? Then if we can establish that worth, then if that happens, you know, I, I would love to see my younger version of myself just be like, okay, I'm really sorry that you behave that way. That's not really respectful, um, but I hope you have a great day, right? And, and respond with respect, respond with compassion because they are, you know, hurt people, hurt people. So they're obviously in search of attention as well if they had to gather this crowd and do all of these things. So they were going through a lot as well. So I think mindfulness for the person being bullied can be such a great tool because then you can really establish, you know, how am I feeling? Where is this coming from? Where's the underlying story really, you know, rooted? And then for the bully themselves, right, to have some of that mindfulness and self-reflection and why am I doing this? Checking that behavior, obviously a big tool there too. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you sharing that story with us, Nellie. It really is heart-wrenching, you know, though, because, you know, you're kind of telling the story as though, oh, well, you got through it and everything else, and I know you did get through it, but it must have been really devastating at the moment. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. As we move forward in the interview, Nellie, I want to ask you five quick answer questions, Ooh. so just 30-second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? 
Oh, I would um, definitely say uh, Brene Brown has been, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that's a big name and you're like, well, of course, right? But um, I did some work with her for about 18 months um, through mm-hmm. different programs and I was a different person coming out than I was going in as far as my own personal worth, which I've always struggled with. Um, and I, I just was really able to it's not that she established it for me. She helped me establish it for myself and realize where it was really coming from. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say Brene Brown. Yeah, she's amazing. The next question is about emotions. Mm. How has mindfulness helped you deal with your emotions differently? Mm. Instead of emotions being in the driver's seat, I've been able to step back and see where the emotions are coming from because before they're an emotion, it's a thought. And so if we actually look at our thoughts more as a busy airport and we're taking the ones and sitting in the plane, if you will, of the ones that we're choosing, and then we're on the flight, we're actually feeling something about it. We have power over that choice, right? And I know emotions can get carried away super quickly. I've, I definitely still, you know, uh, experience that today, but understanding that I am choosing to have this and I have a lot more control than I ever thought I did before has been very empowering because you can step out of the emotion then and look at it from a third party, you know, point of view instead of just being in it and having them rule you. And then your behavior, if you're sitting just inside of the emotion is all over the place. Interesting. Nellie, do you have the thought about breathing? Does Do you have maybe a technique you could share with us or just share with us your thoughts about breathing? Absolutely. And as soon as you said that, I took a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I, I think breathing is, is so, so important. Um, I like to do just the square breathing. That's the way that um, uh, really helps me. It has a visual with it. I'm a very visual person, visual learner. So if I can, you know, breathe in uh, the top out and then in and out and just keep going around the square, it gives me something to focus on in my head. And you can always find, usually always find a square around you somewhere. If you're sitting on a park bench, there's a wrapper or or the bench uh, next to you. So anyway, um, so uh, I do a lot of square breathing, but also just being able to cleanse your brain, right? Because Think about when you're watching a a movie or a suspenseful part or something like that. I don't know about you, but so many times I find myself not breathing. (laughs) Right. And so that's a that's a good clue right there that when I'm stressed, when my emotions are high, I'm actually not breathing. And so when everything gets calm, what do you do? You you're like, oh, thank goodness. Right. And so that's just a, a, you know, a natural cue to me that, oh, if I want to be in a state of calm, then I should breathe as though I am calm. Yeah, for sure. Can you recommend a book related to mindfulness? Yeah. So, um, of course, I'm going to throw out any Brene Brown book. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, her, her latest, The Atlas of the Heart. I love that one just because it really brings the language in. So many times we throw out these Um, these words and they can mean different things to different people. 
And in her Atlas of the Heart, she really goes through and uh, intricately defines all of these different things based on her research, the research of so many others. And it helps me as the reader uh, just understand myself a little bit more and be like, oh, I always thought I was feeling this, but it's actually not that, it's this. Um, and But all, all of her books are wonderful. Um, I am a very busy person, a family of six. We just finished homeschooling. We um, own a family business and I have my coaching practice and all of these things. So finding mindfulness in time is really important to me. And so I love the, um, the 12 week year. Uh, that is something that really brought solace to me. And that is uh, by Brian Moran and Michael Lennington. And so uh, in the 12 week year, I was able to, instead of being, um, whenever I'm in chaos, I feel like I am out in the middle of the ocean without a buoy, right? And there's nothing to grab onto and I'm just being tossed all around. And we live on the coast and, and we call those washing machine days out in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, and that's, that's emotionally what it feels like. And so um, I loved being able to piece that out. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what I want this quarter. That's what I need this month. That's what I need uh, this week. This is what I need to day. And when I can have all of that, we do it as an entire family too, just to my, to my side here is our family board of that. And we can be so much more productive with so much less stress, anxiety, and heightened emotions. And everyone knows what's happening and what needs to happen today in order for something to happen four months from now. And so, um, and it, it's great. And we never have more than three things uh, a day uh, per person. Um, and some most times less than that. So that was something that just was really, really helpful to us to bring us into mindfulness of our time and our emotions and stress and anxiety surrounding we're running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are running out of time. Our, my last question is about an app. Are there any apps at all that you recommend? Yeah, so um, I actually, uh, speaking as a woman and helping young women and things, uh, there's an app called Hormonology. Um, there's other apps out there that can track hormones, but um, as a woman, especially um, uh, dealing with younger women and the cycles, Understanding your hormone cycle can be really helpful when uh, maybe you're really all over the place on Monday and then on Tuesday, you just feel like wrapping yourself in a blanket and watching TV all day, even though it's beautiful outside. And you're like, I'm going crazy. This is nuts, you know? But then you're like, hold on a second. And you look at your hormone cycle and it's like, oh, you have a, you know, you have a dip in this today. So you will probably feel that way. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, okay. I'm not crazy. Um, and I'm not just being, you know, super cranky or super, you know, jazzy in my head. This is actually all because of the cycles that my hormones are going through. So as mindfulness, I really do recommend tracking your hormones. Okay. Well, I haven't heard of that app before and, uh, <laughs> I guess it's not surprising since I don't have daughters, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, um, as we wrap up, Nellie, do you have any final words of advice for maybe a parent listening to this show right now that has felt some frustration communicating with their child, or maybe it's advice in general? What have you got to uh, sum up for us in the form of advice? I would just really say that the behaviors that your child is exhibiting are they they might be disrespectful they might be disobedient they might be you know dis fill in the blank <laughs> whatever that is 
But I really encourage you, instead of being reactive to those, take a moment, take some time and actually look behind the behavior, right? I don't want you to look through the behavior because then your emotions can try and get over there. But if you can visualize, I said I was a visual person, that their behavior is like a fence and you want to actually get on a ladder and look behind that fence and see what's going on back there in order to get to behavior. Because when you see their behavior, that's actually the very final thing happening. There's so much that leads up to an actual behavior happening. So if you look behind that to what are they feeling? What are they going through? What influence uh, influences are they having right now? What thoughts are they having right now? All of those things, you are much, much, much more likely to get to a place of clarity where then you can have a good conversation with them, or I'm sorry, a place of calm. So you can have a great conversation with them and bring clarity to the situation for both of you and definitely for them and whatever they're dealing with. Because if they're they're treating you or having this behavior, it's because something is happening behind the scenes. So find out what that is. Good advice. Thank you so much. The website is NellieHarden.com, N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N, NellieHarden.com. So Nellie, what do you have coming up in uh, regards to parenting and workshops, anything like that? Absolutely. There's actually a workshop coming up um, that I love, love, love to host. It is called Ignite Her Joy, and it's all about building your daughter's um, mental wellness uh, during the teen and tween years. There's so much focus on mental illness, which is definitely validated and understood. But if we can proactively build mental wellness into our children, then we are much less likely to then have to deal with mental illness down the road or and or they will have better tools there and equip. And so during that workshop, I really walk parents through the uh, thought cycle that your children are having and different um, guards and fences that you can have during the way. So I actually teach parents how to teach their, their young women how to think in a positive way that makes them go on an upward spiral instead of a downward spiral because awesome. we're always moving up or down and there's never a neutral, right? And yeah. so um, I, wanna, I want to equip parents and families with a actual thought cycle that they can use uh, in order to move upward. Fantastic. Is this on location or is it online? Oh, it's online. Absolutely. Okay. And um, yep, you can find everything at the NellieHarden.com slash Ignite. Okay. Well, great. Thanks for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Great. I'll cut that into the interview. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, this has been really fun. Oh, yeah, it has. I love um, this work is just so important to me. And I just want to see so many more young women going out there and facing the world with confidence and that belief in themselves because I see a lot of 18, 19, 20, 40, 60 year olds, right? Just still chasing their worth instead yeah. of having that established. And when you're chasing your worth, chances are you're chasing it in all the places that are just going to uh, bring more pain into their lives. And so, yeah, we mentor, my husband and I uh, mentor some young couples and then I work in the community with um, young women as well uh, as in addition and I coach but in addition to our four that live in this house with us <laughs> right right well sadly COVID has brought a lot of anxiety oh, into the lives of yes. teenagers that's for sure 
And, and that you know, was, I find it very frustrating. Yes. And what was so interesting to me is when COVID hit and which is, um, kind of because I'd been working in family disciplines for a while, um, helping uh, families create positive disciplines. But when COVID hit and all these children were coming home, there was so much talk um, and chatter from parents that they didn't know what to say to their kids. They didn't know how to have a conversation with their kids because it was so much more than now than, hey, how was school? Fine, good, dinner's at six, awesome. Have a good night, all right. That was a typical conversation for so many parents and kids. And now they were put in a position where they had to, some had to teach, they had to figure out things together with online schooling, um, all of the emotions that were coming with being isolated. So there was a lot that stirred up there. And um, yeah, I've definitely seen a huge shift in family communication dynamics pre and post. Well, I don't know if we can call it post yet, but hopefully post soon pandemic. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, Hopefully. Yeah. Well, Nellie, I really appreciate the work you're doing in the world. You and your husband are doing great things to help other people. So. Oh, thank thank you you so much. I appreciate the work that you do and just getting this out there every week. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You have a great rest of your day. All right. You too. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks again for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It's been a busy time. My wife and I were at the Elton John concert in Toronto on Thursday night. That was so exciting to see Elton John live. And then I was at the Archangel Changemaker event I mentioned at the top of the show. And it's just been a busy time, but it's an exciting time. And it's exciting that I met some people at the Archangel event that I will be interviewing. So that's great. Lots of great speakers that I met there. And uh, yeah, don't forget about Athletic Greens because it is a terrific product where you can get your greens and they do the research. They do everything. All you have to do is mix the powder with water and consume it every day before your first meal. So check it out, athleticgreens.com mindfulness. And with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.